Hello! Welcome again to Intro to Coding with Aerodose 12. My name is Aero, and today we're going to talk about data types. Or in other words, information in many different forms. So, what is a data type? Well, a data type is a way of storing or displaying or representing information that you want to get across. For example, if I wanted to show how many apples are in a basket, which is an integer, you would show that as an integer or a number. That's a data type. If I wanted to say, hello, how are you doing? What you're saying is a data type. If I wanted to know the position of a point on a grid, that's another data type. If I have a bunch of apples with their own properties, or their own traits and things, that's a data type. Now, let's get into the data type part. So, the first data type we're going to go over is a string. Now, before we get into that, let's talk about how they are stored. Data types are usually stored using something called variables. Variables are basically containers for data types or information. You store them designated data types in the variable and the variable will save it. Sometimes you can use a file to save things. That's another type of variable, kind of. Except it's in the operating system and not in the programming language or whatever language you're using. So let's get into it. So the first data type we're going to go over is called a number. Now, if you were in math class, numbers are basically the basic building blocks of mathematics, of course. But there's another thing. There are data types themselves, and one of the most prominent data types in all programming languages. Even in HTML, is it used? Now, with that being said, let's get into what happens next here. You have many different types of numbers. However, I'm going to go over the ones that are most important. The first number is called an integer. An integer, if you learned this in pre-algebra, is a, could be negative or positive, whole number. This includes negative. All right? It's a whole number. It's not a natural number. Natural numbers are numbers in which can only go from 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, that kind of thing. Whole numbers are like negative 1, or maybe negative 2, negative 1, 0, 1, that kind of thing. You see the difference? Now, usually numbers have many different operations. So what is an operator? Well, an operator is basically a way of doing what you do in programming language, whether it be comparing something or making sure something is both true, both conditions are true, or even maybe just doing math. So what this means is that, for example, if I were to do var a equals 1 plus 3, the value of a would be 4. 
That's addition. If I were to do var a equals 1 times 3, it would be 3. Same thing in mathematics. Those are operators. However, there are more than just integers out there. You have other types of integers, such as long and short. I think the difference between long and a short integer, or, you know, that kind of integer, like, the regular integer is basically an integer that's 32-bit. It goes up to a certain number. It's quite small. 64-bit integers are long. They go higher. But remember, there's another type of number out there besides integers. It's called a decimal. There are two types of decimals in programming, usually. You have the float, and you have the double. Now, the difference between the two is how it's notated. For example, the float, you put the decimal first. So let's just say you had 0 0.1 as a decimal. It would be 0 0.1, and then the next thing you put after 0 0.1 would be the F, as in the letter F. 0.1f. F stands for float. Now if you wanted to do this but just without the annoying f, all you have to do is put in a double. A double does not require that. It is basically just a decimal. Just without the frills and bells and whistles like the float has. Now you can add decimals. You can also get them from fractions which is a really useful thing to look up on, especially if you're a tween listening to this, because I can tell you one thing. Fractions and decimals come in serious handy when you have to deal with things such as dead zones or any other type of thing in programming that involves something that cannot be an integer. Now, there are other ways to do this besides using integers. Like, for example, if you wanted to make a number that has a certain number of significant figures, well, for engineers, they would use something like this. 2e and then the number of significant figures they want. That E symbol is an engineering. It's kind of exponential too, but the big deal here is that the E is mainly used for something times 10 to the something. So if I had 2E3, that would be 2,000. If I had 2E6, it would be 2 million. You can also do this with just something 2 times 10 to the whatever power. Now, if you're going to go into the decimal range, it would be 2 times, or 2e negative 3, rather, would be 2 thousandths. And then 2e negative 6 would be 2 millionths. Big difference there. Anyways, let's move on. The next data type we're going to go into is called a string. Now, there are two types I'm going to go over. Long strings, or heterodox, in some languages, and short strings, or just quoted strings. What a string is, is, let me just say something real quick. 
Hello, how are you? That can be a string. 1 plus 2 equals 3, with all the numbers I mentioned being not written out, but rather using the numerical form, that's a string. Yes, numbers can be added as a string in a numerical form. What does this mean? Well, a string is basically any character that's alphanumeric or even symbol-based inside quotation marks, or in the case of the long string, the characters for the long string, or heterodox. So, for example, if I wanted to say hola or hallo, those would usually involve strings because you got to put them in quotation marks. And usually in some engines, such as UE4, some places like UE4 with their blueprints, they use something called, I think it's text. Text is localized version of a string in UE4, Unreal Engine 4. Now, the next thing you want to know is this. Whenever you're using a string, you can do a lot more with it than you expected. Most languages allow you to concatenate strings using the plus operator, just like usual. Concatenation is when you take two strings, or two quotes, and you bring them together. So for example, I would have, hello, how are you? But the hello and the how are you are separated. Now what does that mean? Well, hello can be added in to this equation. So what does that mean? Well, hello plus how are you, with the comma before how are you, of course, would be hello, how are you? Basically, you add the strings together, you get the sentence, full sentence that I just mentioned. Now, beware, because there's another thing you have to know. If you use single quotation marks in some languages, such as C sharp and C++, if you use single quotes, that's not a string, that's a character. It can be anything from alphanumeric to symbol-based. But they have bytes to them too. It, everything is binary. And usually when you use a byte, it's a number that goes to it. So here's where we go from here. The next thing you want to know is this. When you have a bunch of characters in a collection, that is a string. For example, Hello, How Are You is a collection of characters. It's a group of characters. Many of them in one data type. So, the next thing you want to know about strings is not just that. You can also do all sorts of stuff with this. For example, there's something called regular expressions. What does that do, you may wonder? Well, Regular expressions is like you try to search for a certain pattern in a string. For example, if I wanted to find someone's phone number or three numbers in a phone number, I would have to do something like parentheses, which is a group which you can capture. It basically splits up the 
expression so that everything isn't jumbled up and you can have like more than one variable with it but you can do parentheses usually in Lua it's a percent sign but in other languages like C sharp and JavaScript it's a forward slash forward slash or percent sign W is alphanumeric in this case I want to use D for digit as a number now A is alphabetical so what what do I mean by that well here's the deal if you were to put something in regarding a character class that would mean you're looking for a certain type of character for example A is for alphabet W is for any character that's either an alphabetical character or a number and D is for a digit and then if you want to find out if there's one or more you just do plus now there are many ways to quantify this meaning you want a certain number of whatever you put before it to occur in this group so for example let's just say you wanted to find three numbers right usually you use a certain pattern to that but if there's more than one then you would go with plus for one or more asterisk for zero or more I think I would have to look up the rest later but yeah anyways um, that's that so the next thing you want to know about is the long string of course long strings or hair docs are basically hair like they're strings but they're in a different character and there's multiple lines of characters inside of this string so usually when you want a multi-line string you would do it all in one line and you would do forward slash n for new line if you want to reset it after using forward slash t for tab you would do forward slash r that's big because it's helpful to use this in case you just want to keep it all on one line and organized and not clutter up the thing with a string that's longer than one line literally now with that being said a hair doc eases this then you can with ease do a new line and a bunch of other stuff with this etc etc same thing as other strings you just have to store it in a variable and it's pretty big I've got to be honest so now the next thing we're going to talk about is not strings anymore Booleans. Booleans are basically binary values, one or zero, but it's like true or false. So true would be one, and false would be zero. If you ever heard of binary numbers, this is it. 
So, with that being said, binary numbers and booleans match. They go hand in hand, of course. So, this is usually used for conditional things. In this case, it would be for an if statement. It can also store it in a variable, but it's also used in if statements to check if something is true. If the data type return is a boolean that says true, it will do whatever is inside that if statement. If not, if you have an else statement, you do what else is inside that else statement. Or in other words, you would do the exact opposite thing. We, yeah, you would do whatever is in the else statement if the exact opposite was the case. So for example, let's just say I wanted to open the book or read information from a text file. If the file is already loaded, you can read it. Else, you would load the file first because it's not loaded. And then you would read it. So basically, if else can be very useful for that. Now, I am going to go into depth more about booleans later in another episode. But for right now, booleans, well, we haven't gone over the next part, which is the operators behind booleans. Now, there are operators for booleans. For example, you have and, or, and not, and sometimes or. In some languages, there are Zor, like TIA Three Basic, which is a calculator language used on the TIA Three calculator. But you have and, which check if both booleans are true, if they're variables. You have or, which checks if one boolean is true, and not inverses the boolean. So that's a conditional operator, right there. Relational operators can create booleans with numbers. For example, is 1 greater than or equal to 3, or is 2 greater than 1, or is 1 equal to 1, which is uses two equal signs instead of one. One equal sign is for assignment. That's an assignment operator. That's what you use to store data types in variables, usually. Some places, such as TIA3 Basic, some languages don't even use that. They use something like an arrow or in other languages, like the one used in Age of Empires 2, they tend to use these things called facts or actions to store variables. Or something called depth const, which defines a constant. That's another type of variable. And which is used to literally store numbers and things like that, like a variable but you cannot change it once you set it for the first time because it's constant, it stays the same. Anyways, getting back to what we have to do, getting back on topic, the boolean can be very useful if you have to check conditions or if you want to do something based on a certain condition. Now, the next portion we're going over is a little more complicated, so bear with me. Functions are basically like procedural building blocks. What does that mean? Well, a function is what you would use to run code that can be reused. You know how they say don't repeat yourself? Well, this applies. 
you don't repeat yourself. You can easily repeat yourself here if you're not careful. So your best bet is not to do that. Or in other words, in this case, don't repeat yourself means making functions for anything you repeat or using for loops if you need to for anything you repeat or while loops, depending on the situation. Now, a function makes the code reusable, like I said before, but it can also return things that you need that can't be gotten just from coding it alone. So, for example, if I needed to get something asynchronously or, you know, asynchronous means that it's not instant, by the way. If I need to get something asynchronously, I would do that by using a function. And that function will return whatever result came from that. We will go over the asynchronous stuff later in this episode, but for right now, just think of it as that. Anyways, that's what a function does. It allows you to make reusable code. Now, whenever you use functions in an object or an OOP, they are called methods, which are inside of the object and you use that on the object, of course. Now, moving on, because we're running short on time. The next data type is going to be called a thread. Now, what is a thread? A thread is usually a coroutine, or basically it's when you take code and you run it separately from what you usually do. So, usually they have this thing called a runtime. In German, it's called a Laufzeit, if you're familiar with that word. I like that word because it's kind of interesting. Anyways, runtime is how you run code. Basically how the code is ran. Usually you'd want to set, put that in a separate thread so that it would run on its own and not cause some things not to work in your code because of the asynchronous call. That's mainly what it's useful for. Things that are synchronous that have to be run on a separate thread so that you can keep the thing synchronous and, and running still. Because when you do certain things in certain languages that are synchronous, it will stop the execution of the thread until the process is done. So remember that. Because we will be going over this one time in a separate episode. Anyways, that is basically what a thread is. It's a uh, way of running code separately. Now also, threads can be a little bit taxing on some languages regarding performance, so you want to keep it down just in case. Now, moving on. What's next is called the array. What an array is? Well, arrays 
are collections of data types or variables or whatever you have that is data or information. So for example, remember the example I mentioned about the apple and how that can be in a basket as many apples? That's an array. Characters in a string? That's an array. A, a string is basically an array of characters. Um, what else is there? Also in an array could be numbers. People usually use array for statistics if they need to. A collection of numbers in statistics is critical and so are arrays. Because when you do statistical programming, arrays come in serious handy. So now we kind of got that off our chest, but we didn't because there's more. You have also in here concatenation of arrays. You can do that, yes. And then you can get their length. Usually there's a hashtag before it in Lua, the name of the array. But in other languages such as JavaScript and C sharp, you can do array name and then dot length. That can get the size as well. Some languages you can unpack arrays, meaning you can convert them to a tuple. Now what convert or cast means is when you try to use what you have to make a new data type or new uh, instance of a data type, which is different from the one you're using for the conversion. Basically, you convert it from one data type to another data type. For example, Numbers can be converted to strings. Just put quotations around them or use to string if you're in Lua and you get the string representation. They automatically get converted when you print them or when you concatenate them to strings, etc., etc. So, with that being said, um, let's move on. To the next part of the arrays, which is going to be, well, actually there's nothing left. Let's move on to dictionaries. Dictionaries are basically like arrays, except they use for the keys, they don't use numbers unless they absolutely have to, they use strings. For example, I should say I wanted the name of the apple. It could be a uh, Fiji apple or Granny Smith, which is my favorite, of course. But usually when you have that type of thing, like what happens is there's a key, which is basically the name of the variable you're going to use in this dictionary. For example, that would be name, of course, for the apple. And then the value is what you want to store inside of it. So in that case, <sighs> Sorry about that. It would be Fiji or Granny Smith. Now moving on from that, because dictionaries can also be objects as well. I forgot to mention that. Anyways, moving on from that, we have objects. What are objects? Well, 
You'll learn about it more about it in object-oriented programming, but objects are usually like things, like a fan or a car or even a vinyl record, like I discussed in the last episode. So, objects are basically represented through code. Some languages allow you to make custom objects with just, you know, the dictionary-like format, whether it uses strings or not, for the keys. Now, with that being said, you also have to worry about what I like to call, um, you know, inheritance and all that stuff. Like, you can do a lot of things with objects. Especially in languages like JavaScript, C-sharp, C++. You know, in C++, this doesn't really exist because everything has to be defined inside of a class. Same thing goes for C-sharp. You don't really do that because of the fact that C-sharp is like C++, but much faster and more easier to understand. Um... JavaScript is different because not only does it come from Java, but also like it's a scripting language. So you can have custom objects in a scripting language. However, a programming language will not accept this. Object is just there to show that it's just the base type for anything you make regarding object-oriented programming. Now moving on, we have other types to go over, such as the vector. That's right, we're going into two or 3D math. Now there's two types of vectors out there. We have the 2D vector, which is going to be X and Y, which is a point on the grid. Sometimes they call it a vector too. And then we have the 3D vector, which is X, Y, and Z. You can do a lot of math with these types and so on and so forth. So yeah, Pretty much that. Anyways, the next thing I'm going to show you, or actually tell you about, is the enum. This is the final thing. Before I cover the things we missed yesterday, such as what is RSS. So, enums or numerations are basically like ways of storing numbers inside of certain values not just to be storing them in there but also to remember certain things in a list for example if you wanted to make into an enumeration the types of apples like granny smith fiji golden apples you would do Fiji equals, and then the number, which would be 1, or 0 in this case. Sometimes you don't put any numbers at all. It would do it by its own, on its own. So, yeah. That's doable. So, enumerations are usually used for certain values, and also to, like, switch things on and off. They can also be used in switch statements, which we will go over in the next episode. So, yeah. Anyways, 
Give me a minute because I have to do some research on RSS and I'll be right back. Alright, so I did my research and I found out what RSS means. It means really simple syndication. I figured it had to do something with syndication, but apparently I had forgotten what it meant over the years, so apologize for that. But there you have it. Data types and also what RSS means. So my name is Eridos12 or Arrow. And next episode we will be doing statements and how to use them. So I will probably be talking in the next episode, probably in the next day or two. So later.